LIUNA members are among the best trained and safest workforce in construction. From its humble beginnings to state-of-the-art training facilities, we'll look at the rise of LIUNA training on this edition of The Laborer. Welcome to this edition of The Laborer, a podcast produced for laborers by laborers. I'm Tim Roseberry. LIUNA training is recognized as one of the top programs of its kind, but it hasn't always been that way. Well, Ron Lutherland's my name, and I'm an administrator of the Illinois Laborers and Contractors Joint Apprenticeship and Training Program for the state of Illinois. Why is the training component of uh, being a laborer so important? Well, just to kind of go back a little bit, when we first started as a trade, we uh, we were the ditch diggers and the hod carriers, the, the grunt work, if you will. And uh, as time progressed and... and uh, Things started to change. World started to change. We learned more more job avenues for our trade. Uh, the GPS, total station, asbestos. So at this time, then we decided it was time to start training, so that we had a, a well-groomed laborer for our contractors. Uh, we do the training, and then they can go right to work with the knowledge of what we give them. Yeah, my name is Musial Braungart, uh, Director of Training here for the uh, Construction Laborers Contractors Training Center here in Eastern Missouri. I'm based out of High Hill. Tell me about Eastern Missouri Training. What, what's the what's the story behind that? How'd that all get started? So in the beginning, there was no apprenticeship. Uh, through the 70s, uh, journeymen typically uh, for a couple weeks uh, out of the year would load up and go west to Belton and take training over there at that training facility. We did not have our own here at that time. The first office was established down at Hawks Nest Plaza in St. Charles, Missouri. And the first training director hired was Jerry Pelker. Um, And so Jerry was the first training director and one of his first missions was to go out and locate some acreage to, to set up a training center. And so this spot that we're located at right now, after looking at three, four different locations, Jerry felt was, was the best because of uh, its visibility to, to people traveling up and down Interstate 70. We're right off the interstate. And uh, he also felt it was in the most centrally located to represent the eastern half of the state. My uh, name is Sean Copley. I'm the training director of Indiana Laborers Training Fund. Tell me a little bit about your... Um your fund. Tell me about your facilities and uh, what what happens at each of those. Well, uh, the Indiana Laborers have two training centers. One's located in Bedford. One's located in Logansport. The one in Bedford is uh, has seven seven different uh, classrooms, has sixty dorm rooms, uh, full service kitchen. Um, it has thirty four employees. And the one at Logansport, uh, it doesn't have dorm rooms, but it has three training uh, classrooms, indoor bays, just like Bedford, uh, to do to do classroom uh, hands-on type activities. Uh, and, and they stay really, really busy with our, you know, the other day we were just above 1,300 apprentices and 11,000 some odd journeymen. How important is OSHA to the training that you're doing? Oh, it's with without that class, we we wouldn't have very many other ones. Um, the OSHA tens and OSHA thirties are, you know, all but mandatory nowadays. So, 
you know, in order for an apprentice or a journeyman to get out on a job site nowadays, it's, it's probably 90% mandatory that they have it. Um, it helps those that, that are coming through the apprenticeship program that don't know a whole lot about the construction industry, get a quick grasp of, of the dangers and things out there on the job site that they're going to need to be aware of. Um, it's uh, one of our mandatory classes in the apprenticeship program. And uh, we probably, oh, several hundred people a year go through the OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 there at, at both sites. The OSHA and our, our safety in general, we have in every single class we teach. They don't leave our facility until they know the safe way to do the job. Uh, it's, it's just immensely important. We want, we want these members to go out and work every day but we want them to be home at night safely with their family. And this is a very hazardous uh, occupation that we have. When did training in Illinois start, Ron? We actually started formally 1969 down on the little place called Mount Sterling. Uh, from what I've seen from different locals I've visited, there's actually been training going on since the early 1900s, but uh, formal training we we bought a place or our first administrator tony romolo bought a place down in mount sterling and uh that was our training site and still is for for years to come we have four facilities uh down in the southern part of the state marion we've got one in the metro east area edwardsville we've got our original one which is our mothership mount sterling and then we've got one up in Stanford, which is just west of Bloomington, about 10 miles. Usual, how has um, COVID-19 uh, affected your ability to train? Uh, it's, uh, you know, almost shut it down, really. Um, we're a very face-to-face -face oriented uh, structured training center. Uh, so essentially, it's, it's shut it down completely, not to put anyone at risk. Uh, I don't take it lightly. Uh, we're trying to set up online training for the apprentice and journeyman uh, so they can keep keep up on their skills and, and uh, some of their certificates that they're going to be needed. What what kind of classes can you do there? On on the internet? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going we're gonna to try a uh, apprentice class. We're obviously going to do things like OSHA 10s, certified flaggers, respiratory protection. Uh, we're also using Lyona trainings, uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, training that they have on online. So that, that'll be on there as well. Ron, how does your training compare to non-union programs such as the ABC? From what I've seen out in the field, and I was a laborer out in the field for 30 years, non-union has no training. Uh, that I see, they don't care about it. We went in a job in normal several years ago that a non-union contractor did. And not only did several people get injured seriously on the job, we had to go back in as a union contractor and fix that job two years later. So training to me, you know, it's great for the contractors and great for us. Well, for one, I think uh, the, the non-union doesn't really you know, in, in my opinion, doesn't really care about about that uh, individual they have working for them. So whether or not they're trained or not, 
and safe is, you know, beyond them. I don't think they work for the same quality of owners as we work for. Um, you know, somebody that's looking for a union contractor is looking for somebody uh, that has quality people working for them. And those people probably don't call the ABCs of the world or the non-union of the world. Uh, training is vital to to existing, not only from the standpoint of protecting your scope of work, but meeting the needs of your contractor. And so your contractor's benefit is going to have an economic edge to have that skilled workforce that has the training that's needed. But not only that, he's complying with uh, insurance um, requirements. You can you can drive by a construction site very easily and tell whether it was union or non-union from just safety aspects you see or, or the way the job's being kept. If it's a very unkept job, and uh, as a rule, most union companies want everything in its place and, and put there every night. So uh, you can just tell by the way they're doing things and, and safety-wise that it's a union job or a non-union job. A special thanks to our guests, Sean Coakley, Musial Brongart, and Ron Litherland. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Laborer, a podcast produced for laborers by laborers. I'm Tim Roseberry.